So our gospel reading today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 2, beginning with the 22nd verse. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man which was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed." And a sword will pierce your own soul, too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Here ends the gospel reading. Thanks be to God. Amen. So Mary and Joseph journeyed from Nazareth to Jerusalem to Bethlehem, back to Jerusalem, and along the way they had a baby. That's kind of how it reads in scripture, doesn't it? It's just like one little sentence and there's all of the stuff that happens. After all the celebration with the choirs of angels singing and the shepherds visiting and the young mother and her family are left with the reality of caring for a newborn in poverty. Being faithful people, they travel with their new baby to dedicate him in the temple. As a young couple, this couple could have made the decision to give up on faith because it was too expensive. Instead, they remain committed to the rituals of faith. And they do what they can. They bring their offering to turtle doves. It's all they could afford. Better off families brought a lamb. And there they met the two prophets, Simeon and Anna. 
Simeon scoops this baby up in his arms, this most wanted baby, the hope of the ages, the yearning of a lifetime, and he says, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, glory to your people Israel, all people. And in Simeon's honest blessing, he goes on to warn Mary that this baby's life won't be easy. What life is. And her heart will be pierced. Anna praised God for this child and told everyone. Anna and Simeon represent the wisdom figures of the community of faith. Through their experience in the faith and life, they give important perspective or vision in life's transitions. Simeon and Anna see in the birth of this baby a new order that shakes the foundations of the powers that be. That's why we tell this story over and over again. Because life gets caught up in the secular everydayness and the Holy goes missing. Lives of devotion hone one's sensitivity to God's presence in the everyday. Church rituals are important. Communions, memorials, weddings, baptisms, third grade Bibles, confirmation, membership. These are the rituals that hold special meaning in this faith family. Rituals remind us There are more people than we know that have an investment in us and those we love. We are not alone in these struggles. Anna and Simeon symbolize the great cloud of witnesses, both present and past. When we begin life by celebrating baptism, we are saying that every child is created in the image of God and is surrounded by God's grace. It's a much-needed message for today because people are written off as too old or too young or too poor or too rich, too conservative or too liberal. How many of you have heard that you are too young for something? How many of you have heard that you are too old? In a commentary in Sojourners written by Rabbi Daniel Ruttenberg, he wonders about human worth. Isn't every person worthy of care and safety and health based on their own inherent humanity? What if the divine light was honored in each of us and we structured our resources accordingly? What if we assumed that things like life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness were unalienable, God-given rights, and that governments were created in order to protect them. Where have you heard that statement before? Those of you in middle school? U.S. history? It's not that this is a new idea. It's just that we tend to fall into the belief that our worth is valued through our usefulness, We falsely think it's what we do that makes us worthy. For example, when Apple CEO Tim Cook spoke out against Trump's Muslim ban, he spoke about immigrant labor being useful 
He argued that since Steve Jobs' father was a Syrian immigrant, that immigrants are like the key to innovation of the company. And by saying this, the worth of the immigrant is not their inherent human dignity made in the image of God, but whether they are useful to the economy. Even in the sanctuary movement, the arguments for the undocumented to stay in the U.S. is because they pay taxes and supply workforce and are hardworking. Not that they are made in the image of God and that their lives have inherent worth. Funds and time spent deporting and protecting undocumented could instead be used to find a path to citizenship, honoring their inherent human dignity. If we believe that each human has inherent worth, then all are made in the image of God. It changes the way we talk. Steve Matson is a professor at Northwestern University, and he writes, then when we say, I can't stand those people, we are actually saying, I can't stand individuals made in the image of God. Do you believe in helping the poor, or do you believe in helping individuals created and loved by God? Do you believe in the death penalty of convicts, or do you believe in the death penalty of individuals created and loved by God? Do you believe in waging war against enemies, or do you believe in waging war against individuals created and loved by God? Do you despise Republicans or Democrats, or do you despise individuals created and loved by God? Following Christ is revolutionary, and revisiting the story of Jesus, we are reminded that this child in Simeon and Anna's eyes was created in the image of God for all people. Every year we visit this birth story of Jesus and are reminded that something so ordinary as a peasant girl can be favored by God. And God's favor rests on that ordinary. And the sacred comes into this world not to see what it's like to be us, but to show us how all of life is sacred. All of life is holy. God's favor is on all of it. That realization releases us from that fallacy of the self-made person to relieve us of the stress and the responsibility that we make ourselves. To debunk the myth that those who work hard are the ones who earn their blessings. That change comes undetected in the hearts and the lives of everyday people. That hope doesn't come charging in on a white horse wrapped in violence and declaring glory, but as a tiny baby exposed to the brutal world. Peace comes not as a result of angry revenge, but through one more willing to die than to call fire from heaven to vanquish the enemy. If we truly lived as if this faith stuff was real, if we loved others, even when it wasn't convenient, easy, or rational, we would return the Sunday after Christmas, like Mary and Joseph, to Nazareth, to our ordinary circumstances of our lives, but our living would be new, renewed, and in the midst of what is holy. We could speak out together to be sure that all mothers and fathers and babies and grandparents have adequate health, care, and food, education, clothing, and housing. 
We could be like Simeon and Anna and rejoice that the Savior of the world has been born, that even though through the whole world doesn't quite get it yet, the way to salvation and peace has been born to us. That good news is ours to live into and to share. It's a message the world is hungry to hear. And none of us are too old or too young for that. Amen.